Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. They're not in church, though God can speak in church, and He does. But they're right in everyday living, and they're working, and God's speaking to them. How many of you know that God can speak to you at work? God could speak to you in the car. He could speak to you at home. You just hear that still, small voice, and He gets your attention. Well, God was speaking to them in the midst of all that they were doing, getting their attention. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see you're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus calls the disciples one by one. Pastor Ed points out that the Lord did not call the men while they were attending synagogue or performing religious rituals. Instead, Christ called the men to follow him while they were busy living and working in their ordinary lives. This demonstrates that true life-changing discipleship cannot occur during a one-hour service on Sunday mornings. But instead, discipleship happens in everyday interactions with people over a long period of time. Now here's Pastor Ed with part one of today's message entitled, The Call to Discipleship. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11, we have the call of Peter, the call of the disciples. In this fifth chapter, we have the characteristics of the call to discipleship. Listen to the word of the Lord. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, with the people crowding around him, And listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water, and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So they pulled their boats on shore, 
left everything and followed him. What characterizes God's call? What are the marks of his call? When he reaches out and touches you and calls you to some specific area of ministry, how do you know that it's him, not just your own feelings? How do you know it's God speaking? Well, this text gives us the way God works. And what he does in the life when he calls us into discipleship. I want you to note first that the call always comes right where we live. Look what the disciples are doing. They're fishing. Jesus is walking along. There he notices numerous fishing boats. Because fishing was a main industry. And there would have been many villages, many boats. And Jesus is walking along the lake. And he's teaching. And we know from chapter 4 that people were amazed at his teaching. They were listening and following. And Peter and the other disciples had met Jesus prior to this occasion. But as he walks along the shore... What does he see? Peter, the other disciples. And they're tired. They're somewhat discouraged. Well, you say, how do you know that, Pastor? Well, all night they had been fishing and they caught nothing. And so we we know that they're cleaning their nets. And Jesus calls them, and he asks them to help him. Now, they had been listening to his word. They had heard him along the way. There's something about listening to Jesus that helps you to listen to him more. When you tune in, you get to discern his voice, and you more readily respond to him when he speaks Listening, discipleship involves listening. On verse 1, in verse 1 it says, On the day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God. Uh, He was like an Old Testament prophet. Preaching the word. Teaching the word. Explaining the word. And the crowds were listening. And in those crowds were these weary disciples who had worked all night. And they were listening. There's something about those who have a hunger for God and their response to the word of God. There's something about a person who has been born again. As soon as they are born again, they crave, as the Bible says, the milk of God's word. They crave to hear from their heavenly father. There is this innate desire that longs to hear God's voice. And here they were, listening. Someone has said, uh, Gary Fenton, listening is not only a means of gathering information, 
It is a way we acknowledge the speaker has worth and value. That's a good quote. If you value someone, you'll listen to them. In relationships, if you value your spouse or you value a a good friend, you're going to pay attention. It's a way of affirming. It's a way of expressing your value. They valued Jesus. That's why Paul could say to the Thessalonians, when we came and preached, you received us and you received our preaching as the word of God. And it is. So they were eager to hear what Jesus said, ready to hear his words. And as they were listening, the crowd grew and grew. And Jesus really needed a platform, a pulpit to preach from. So he asked them to take him out on the boat. And as they took him out on the boat, he sat in the boat And the water carried his voice to the shore. It served like a sound system. And he began to teach. Note that discipleship not only involves listening, it involves service. Here the disciples were. And he said, put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. Discipleship always involves service. If you're going to listen to God, inevitably, he's going to ask you to do something. The listening demands a response. We're told in the book of James, don't be hearers of the word only, but doers of the word. So truly listening leads to doing something, to service. Discipleship demands involvement. When we hear the call of God, it comes to right where we are. Here the disciples are. They're not in church, though God can speak in church, and he does. But they're right in everyday living, and they're working. And God's speaking to them. How many of you know that God can speak to you at work? God could speak to you in the car. He could speak to you at home. You just hear that still, small voice, and he gets your attention. Well, God was speaking to them in the midst of all that they were doing, getting their attention, asking them to do something for him. Has God been speaking to you? Has he been talking to you about his life, your life? Has he been asking you to serve, to do something, to be involved? It's not always in church. It's sometimes at home. It could be in the middle of the night when you're sleeping and you wake up and suddenly you think about someone that you need to pray for or someone you need to help, or something that needs to be done. It can be a burden that just comes back again and again and again and again. But God does speak, and His speaking will lead you to service. It will lead you to involvement, to doing something. 
Now, the call to discipleship comes right where we are, right in the midst of life. The call to discipleship launches us into an obedient life. The call to discipleship always will launch you into an obedient life. Uh, Someone has said, it is not what we do that matters, but what our sovereign God chooses to do through us. God doesn't want our success. He wants us. He doesn't demand our achievements. He demands our obedience. That's exactly what he's going to ask from Peter. Discipleship involves the obedient life. Notice verses 4 and 5. Jesus asked him, will you launch out into the deep? Now, that doesn't make sense. It's the middle of the day. The sun is beating down on the lake. Uh, The fish aren't going to be on the surface. They're going to go down deep. The best time to fish is at night. Uh, They went to the best spots. They knew this area. They were fishermen, and Jesus was a carpenter. There was a great crowd of people standing on the shore. Uh, They would have watched the disciples go out, and there were skilled fishermen along the shore that would begin to laugh. What are they doing? Jesus says, I want you to go out into the deep. And I want you to let down the nets. They had just finished washing the nets. Let them down into the deep. There's going to be nothing there. There are times that God asks you to do things that just doesn't, doesn't make sense to you. It just doesn't seem like, God, I can't figure that out. Why are you asking me to do that? That does not make sense. Uh, Peter was an experienced fisherman. His peers, his colleagues would have been watching and looking and questioning and, and snickering. What in the world are they doing this time of the day? We have to obey even when at times it doesn't feel comfortable. Even when it doesn't feel like, boy, this is, this is the right thing. Sheila Cassidy, a British doctor, felt the call of God to go to Chile to use her gifts in helping the sick. Now, she helped anybody who asked her. She helped anybody who had a need. And because she did that, The dictator in Chile threw her into prison, tortured her, and abused her. Eventually, she went back to Britain and worked among the terminally ill. She wrote a book, an autobiography, called The Audacity to Believe. The Audacity to Believe. And in the book she wrote, and I want to read to you a short paragraph. How can one convey the agony and ecstasy of being called by God? At one moment, one is overawed by the immensity of the honor. And in the same breath, one screams, No, no, please, not me. I can't take it. 
That which seconds ago was a privilege becomes an outrageous, outrageously unfair demand. But then she adds, I thought about it, and I knew that I did not want to say no, and that however much it hurt, I could humbly, only humbly accept. She accepted the call that God gave her, even though it was difficult. Peter would be called again and again throughout his life to obey even though he didn't understand. There was a time he was in Cornelius' house and, and God gave him a message to preach to Gentiles. The door of evangelism was opening to the Gentile world. It went against everything that he had grown up and learned about in terms of Jewish culture and religion and suddenly God was going to invite Gentiles into the covenant relationship with him and there Cornelius would be saved in his household. Couldn't understand. Don't they have to be Jewish first before they could become part of the kingdom? Don't they have to be circumcised, follow the Mosaic law? Uh, But God was speaking to Peter and he had learn to obey God's voice even then at times when he didn't understand. Understanding often comes later. Someone has said, understanding can wait, but obedience cannot. Whenever we obey, it always leads to abundance. The obedient life leads to the abundant life. In verses 6 to 7, And this time their nets were so full they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners into the other boat, in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. There was the best catch they ever had. They caught so many fish that they couldn't put them in the boat. And they had to call their partners over to put the fish there. Obedience leads to abundance. This is almost a picture of what would happen in Peter's life as he obeyed God, as he stepped out in faith. We would see that he would become a fisher of men. On the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people brought into the kingdom. And shortly thereafter, 5,000 people coming to our Lord Jesus Christ. Obedience brings abundance. It brings God's blessing. Uh, This miracle was a unique miracle. It wasn't the healing of someone or the deliverance of a person. It was just an abundant supply of fish. And it spoke to the disciples of their responsibility to obey. And their obedience would bring God's abundant life to them. The third and final thing that I'd like you to see is that the call to discipleship produces a purposeful life. A purposeful life. What are the characteristics of this call? It comes right where we live. God can just stop us in the middle of what we're doing and speak to us. Uh, That call to discipleship will launch you into obedience that obedience will be sometimes beyond your ability to understand, but it always will be marked by God's blessing. And that 
call to discipleship will produce in you a purposeful life. I like what John Calvin said. Our vocation sometimes coincides with our employment, but sometimes it is some other duty for the kingdom. God gives Christians a vocation or calling so that we will not wander aimlessly in life. There's something about serving God that gives us purpose. There's something about living for God that gives us a reason to live for tomorrow, that puts into the mundane a higher purpose, a reason. So many people wander aimlessly through life without reason, purpose, or rhyme. But God, when he calls and you respond in obedience, it'll lead to a life of purpose and meaning. It will be productive. Uh, What happens in Peter's life? There's greater insight. Greater insight. In Luke 8 to 11, when Simon Peter saw this, he saw the multitude of fish, the miracle that had taken place, He fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. Peter had seen water change to wine. He had seen his mother-in-law healed. He had seen other miracles take place. But this miracle did something in his heart. Maybe it was because it was in his trade, something that he was familiar with, something that spoke to him. He was a fisherman and he knew the sea. He knew it would have been impossible to get such a haul of fish at this time of day out in the deep waters. Didn't make sense. And when he saw the miracle, suddenly he saw God. He saw God in Christ Jesus, and it changed him. Like Abraham, when God spoke to him in the era of Chaldeas, it changed him. Like Moses on the backside of the desert, when God spoke in that burning bush, it changed him. Like David, when the anointing oil was poured on his head, it changed him. Like Isaiah, in the house of God, when he sees the Lord high and lifted up, whenever we see Jesus, we see ourselves. Whenever we really see who Jesus is, that's a step towards self-understanding. I wish sometimes that we would have a better understanding of ourselves. We'd less, make far less mistakes. We'd do far better in life. But that understanding comes really when we encounter God and we see Him in His holiness and His righteousness. And suddenly, Simon realizes, you know, I'm a sinful man. And he began a process 
of purification in his life. It began a process of transformation in his life. It began a process of changing on the inside. Some people walk through life so oblivious to their weaknesses, to their flaws, to their faults, and they're constantly stumbling over themselves, constantly falling over the same mistakes again and again and again. It's just a a pattern that Well, it follows them to the end of the journey. The Gospels are grand central station for learning about Jesus, which is the single most important part of our lives as Christians. Please join us each day as Pastor Ed teaches through the Gospel of Luke. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Building in Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Building in Faith.